Blog Talk Radio. in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, May the 15th, as we like to do on Sundays. We'll be chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. And I've got to tell you, uh, let me say hello to my friend Bill. Uh, Bill, welcome. I don't recall any other opportunity where we've done one of these podcasts where we have a story like this breaking literally as you and I are speaking, Bill. That's correct, and it's a very important story. Uh, it's the Durham report that has been years in the making about the uh, the so-called Trump-Russia collusion hoax. And from what I am reading, and these are the first reports, this is a devastating report, devastating to the Justice Department, to the FBI in particular, and by extension, by extension, devastating to the American press, which went along with this. Uh, and what is striking is that, again, from what I can see, Durham lays it on the line. Basically, he says that the FBI and, uh, and, and Justice Department did not meet their obligations and that they used material supplied by Donald Trump's opponents, uh, which is basically saying Hillary Clinton. And this is this is if there is any real justice in journalism today this should open a major discussion i don't know if it will i think in the newsrooms of america right now they are trying to figure out a way to suppress this and to and to move on as they say uh and they may be successful in doing so i see already on the drudge report it's been downgraded into a little story uh, i'm looking at other reports right now fox is making it its lead i suspect others will make it their lead but let's see what happens well, I happened to check CNN just to see how, or at least their website, uh, not their TV, but the web, not the TV show, but I mean the website, and they had it as their lead story. So uh, at least they're talking about it. But Bill, there's so many questions that that I that I have, and obviously, we'll, we'll have a lot better information as we digest this uh, over the next over the next few days, but. How, what role could the Obama White House have played in all of this? Because, yes, we, we definitely blame it on on the Hillary Clinton campaign, certainly the, the famous document that was used, we know now, came out of that campaign. But what role could the Obama White House, in your opinion, could, could have had in all of this? Because when we talk about the Department of Justice, we're talking about a Department of Justice that sort of went from one administration to the other, and this investigation was already on the way, Bill. That's correct. Well, you know, I, again, we're, we're reading preliminary reports, but it, it seems inconceivable that the Obama White House was not aware of what was going on. I mean, if they weren't, they're a pretty incompetent operation. But, and after all, this was their party that was engaged in it. But with the, we'll have to wait for facts on that. But again, it depends on how seriously the American press will report the story and, uh, and how skillfully the Republican Party can exploit it. This is, this is absolutely a gift to the Republican Party. Uh, let's see. And also to Trump. If he mm-hmm. is smart, he will use it intelligently and not get out and make foolish remarks and start right. hating everybody. He, he, he can say, I'm vindicated. And that's correct. He would be as vindicated. But he has to, he has to now rep- say, in a, well, there's an old saying that in victory, uh, magnanimity. Uh, right. And I think that with a little humility and say, I think the facts speak for themselves. And I think he could benefit enormously, depending on how he behaves. Well, no, I agree with you. But I think now you have this confirmation, you know, uh, it's clear that I was watching Andy McCarthy uh, minutes before we got started. 
And Andy McCarthy was saying, and I'm paraphrasing, but I think I'm pretty close to what he said, that you had the FBI basically being used for the benefit of one party. Okay? I mean, basically, the Mm -hmm. FBI was politicized. I mean, let's just call it what it is. But, Bill, it goes further than that, I think. it goes, And then you move it to the Twitter situation in 2020 with the FBI and Twitter and uh, Facebook, I guess, to some extent as well. Then the article with the New York Post. <laughs> then this letter that was supposed to be signed by 51 experts. It all looks to me like everybody was out to get Trump, and that's not their job, Bill. No, it isn't. It isn't at all, uh, and especially – since the, the famous letter by the intelligence experts compromised the intelligence services, which is something that is very serious in any country. Uh, in, 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 you know, the, the report, again, we will stress again, these are preliminary, but the report appears to have been very thorough, very well researched, and very well presented. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. If this could be, a, as they say, a game changer. It's a phrase I don't like. But in American politics, uh, depending on how it is received and how it is exploited. And, that, and now we, we will find out just, just how good Donald Trump is at doing something like this. Right. So, you know, um, oh, uh, stuff coming over right now. And I'm, I'm at my computer. I'm sure you're at yours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, yeah, I'm looking and, at it, too. Uh, I'm looking at, the, at basically summaries. So that's what I'm saying. We're not, we're not going to be able – to know it all today it literally broke as we came on that's but, right but what i'm saying is what i'm seeing here is a i think a report that 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 says these people should not have been doing this and i wonder how the attorney general is going to react to this bill because if we've ever had a a need for an honest attorney general this is it bill oh absolutely absolutely and they're they're I feel that they're going to try to, uh, to, to suppress it or to say it's simply one man's opinion or to say, well, we released it as we promised we would, but we don't agree with it. And, uh, you know, there will be a major effort because the press is so involved in this to make it disappear and making things disappear, the old Soviet agitprop method, uh, is something they're very good at. We, the people, are the ones who will have to make decisions here uh, about the press, about whether we use the press. I think this even will, will if, it, if it's done intelligently, the national discussion will go into the education system that produced the kind of journalists that, that look the other way and the kind of lawyers that look the other way. Uh, it could be a major national discussion. Uh, let's see. I mean, I, I, right. I don't think we're in any position right now to make predictions as to how it would be handled. Uh, I know that this is an opportunity, ironically, for an organization uh, like CNN to clean house. It, it, they, they are really provided with an opportunity. And the fact that they've made it their lead story is encouraging that at least maybe this will knock some sense into them. Right. Well, I, I do believe, and I don't know how quickly this can happen, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Jim Jordan, the chairman of, of the House committee, will invite Mr. Durham to a, to a session here pretty soon. I have a yes, feeling I... that we will see Mr. Durham in front of the House uh, because, I mean, you have to. You have to because of the severity of this. I do, I'm assuming they will do the same thing in the Senate, but, of course, the, it's a little bit different there. But I think that's an opportunity for if some of the Democrats want to challenge Durham on this, let him do it. Let him <laughs> challenge Durham. In, in that committee, I get the I always had the impression that Durham is a straight shooter, and I don't think he's going to take a lot of flack from Democrats if they want to challenge the report because he'll he'll have plenty of evidence to counter whatever they're bringing up. I'm sure that uh, my guess is that some Democrats will blame this on white supremacy. You know what oh, else yes. do they oh, have? Yes. Something like that. I'm sure that it it'll go down as a report written by a bunch of white guys, and I'm sure that's uh, how it'll go down, Bill. That, there's no question about that. I mean, you, 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 can, you can almost feel it coming. The uh, Senate the Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, is a party guy, and uh, there will be great heat on him to uh, abandon the usual methods of the Senate in investigating and allow a full investigation to take place, and I don't think he will. I, I mean, Schumer himself 
is scared for his job because the the hard left is after him. Um, and I, I do think uh, that that they will go over it. And as you said, I have no doubt that if they, they find that uh, Durham's staff was made up mostly or even completely of white men, that this, this will become the issue immediately. And are they out? Were they really out to get Barack? Were they really out to get uh, uh, um, uh, Hillary because she, uh, she was a woman uh, and is a woman? And uh, again, we are we are in the opening hours of this. Uh, I don't uh, like to make predictions, but it, this can go either way. It can it can die very quickly, uh, and uh, just be disparaged as a, a group of uh, uh, conservative uh, lawyers getting their way, or it can become the basis of a major national discussion, which it deserves to be. Right, and my feeling though is that at least half of the country uh, is reading it uh, in a pretty negative way. I mean, the, half of the country may not pay attention to it, but at least uh, my half of the country, I'll put it that way, uh, is going to be reading this as vindication. And I, I agree with you. I think Trump, is, Trump has to do the right thing here. He should, he should give a little, one of these little speeches or videos that he's making, and he should address, address it in a very serious way. And he should basically this, say this should never happen to another president. Yeah, that's, the way, that's what I would write for him if I was yes. writing the speech and focus it along the lines of the integrity of, of the federal government. But Bill, something else too, and, and I'm going to remember my father for a second here. My father always said that at times like this, uh, when, you know, when something bad like this came out or some bad news like this came out that uh, put the organization or the, or the integrity of the organization in question, that we need a an honest man to get up and say we made a mistake and I'm responsible. Here's my resignation. I'm responsible. Sort of the 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 Joe Lieberman moment with President Clinton, if you remember that, when Lieb, Lieberman went to the Senate and said, "No, this is wrong. This should not happen." Uh, That's right. Do you agree with me that that maybe this is a time? And I'm thinking of one man in particular, Bill, the the fellow who was Defense Secretary for Clinton. Uh, Leon Panetta, I'm thinking of, he would be the person right now to stand up and say, you know, we did this wrong and we need to apologize to the American people, Bill. Well, yes. Look, the, the, the person who should be first on that line is Hillary Clinton because she initiated this and it was her campaign that initiated it. I don't think she will. She'll, she'll use the old white men uh, a, a trick. I certainly think Leon Panetta, who was also uh, at one time, I believe, the head of the Democratic Party, should be one of the people to step forward. Others, uh, I think there may be some in the Senate who, who, who are willing to step forward. And, and uh, I mean, certainly Manchin. Uh, yeah, what does he people, have to lose? What does Manchin what does have, he have to, to lose? lose? That's right. <laughs> and I think there may be some in the House uh, who, who say who will say it's a serious business. I don't know anybody in journalism. If, if Charles Krauthammer were alive, he would be the one who would, who, would, who would speak and say our profession is in deep trouble and the trouble has to be fixed or we won't have a profession any longer. I don't know if there are real statesmen in journalism today. I, you know, I, it, isn't, it isn't like the good old days where we did have some. But the reaction is going to be uh, uh, give us a very good uh, temperature report on where the American nation is today, whether it can handle something like this. Uh, if it can't handle it, um, you know, uh, then God help us. If yes. it can handle it, let, let it be done well. Now, um, there could be another approach that is often the approach, which is the so-called commission approach, where the president appoints a true bipartisan commission of distinguished Americans to look into the report, what is behind it, and sort of like the Hoover Commission uh, makes recommendations as to restructuring the United States government, uh, reordering things to make sure this doesn't happen again. I do not think that, that, that Joe Biden has it in him to do that kind of a thing. And the hard left will, will, not, will probably not allow him to do it. But that would be that would be an appropriate way of dealing with it. Uh, uh, I don't know. You know, we, we've had we've had things like this before. Watergate, of course, was greatly overstated. It was overstated because the press wanted Nixon out of office. But uh, they, at least people did, did take it seriously. And 
I, again, I don't know if we're at that state today. Um, yeah. Well, but if you remember, Bill, I, I agree with you that Watergate was overstated. But if, if, I agree, if you remember that it was members of the GOP Senate yes. that went mm-hmm. to see President Nixon and said, hey, this is over. I mean, I'm sorry yes. this is over. We love you, but it's over. Now, I'm not suggesting the same thing as needs to be done now, but there needs to be somebody on the Democrat side. And I would love to see a journalist get up. And I was thinking while you were talking about journalism, I was thinking it, it may be Bob Woodward. Now, I know he's had a, a mixed uh, story, but he did come out and criticize the press for the Russia thing uh, a couple of months ago, if you remember. He was yes. very critical of the press and how they went down the Russia Thing. But, there, I mean, there needs to be people. Maggie Hagerman of the New York Times comes to my mind. That lady should, at the very least, issue an apology letter to the readers of the New York Times. Because oh, she's yes. constantly doing articles about this bill. Yes, well, and so should the publisher of the Times, uh, Mr. Salzberger. But I don't think he will. The Times is a very arrogant organization. I know I was there. Uh, and, and uh, again, they have two choices to make. and. Do we take this as seriously as we should take it, or do we try to bury it? And they know that the attention span of the American people is short. They also know that if they bury it, they will have the education establishment behind them. Uh, They will have uh, the um, universities behind them. I mean, I don't know what's going on today in universities as they read that their graduates were involved in things like this. Uh, Does the new president of Harvard say this is something we have to take up. Maybe we should have uh, courses in ethics, but you know they'll be poisoned immediately. Uh, this is this is a potentially enormous story, potentially, but it can only be enormous with the cooperation of the press. Right now, the, according to what I'm seeing coming out, uh, Mr. Durham will give this report to the Department of Justice. Uh, so that's where the next step is, but. I don't know. I mean, I think Merrick Garland could actually do something for his reputation if he said, look, this is bad news, and uh, at least fire somebody. Well, he can do that, or he can very earnestly go out and tell the American people, it is our view that this report is not sufficient uh, and needs further work. And I have returned it to Mr. Durham with a number of notes. We will not release this to the public unless it is, it meets the high uh, that a report like this should meet. And uh, a year will go by and two years will go by and nothing will happen. That's possible yeah. also. You know, there, there are people in, in politics who know how to do these things, who know how to make things disappear. Well, I, I, I know what you're saying. I just wish that, uh, uh, in a way, I, 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 would, I think the country is going to suffer a lot if, if, if that's what happens. The cynicism is going to grow. I mean, this is a great opportunity to clean up the House. As you were saying, CNN, this would be a great opportunity for CNN to say, you know what, we've got to shake up our lineup because too many of our people were peddling this. So this would be a great opportunity for them. I have no idea about MSNBC because uh, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on there. But, but I I will say, I I thought it was funny though that this would happen two weeks after they fired Tucker Carlson, Bill. Yes, yes. Well, uh, that'll probably be brought into this too. But uh, an absolutely remarkable story. Um, you know, I say at urgent agenda, in fact, we ran a story this morning about Chinese uh, activity in uh, Latin America. And I said, we are in business to give you stories like this that are not being covered widely by the press, but are critically important. And I think that is the kind of journalism we need right now. We need, we need serious journalists to say we must never bury this. This is something that of, of critical importance, and our profession's future may, may depend on how we handle this story, and I think that's right. true. Well, the, the one thing I, I can say that I think makes me more confident is that so many people in the country now are not even getting the news from, you know, from people like Chuck Todd, so that, you know, that might be the, the key here, that... Uh, there, there are so many alternative sources of news now 
that lots of people are, are going to get this. And, and, yeah, they'll hide it from others, but um, they're not going to hide it from, from you and me, Bill. That much I can say because well, that's, I think that's we'll be true. interested for more information. Well, of course, I think people are eager for more information. Look, I have no doubt that the, the Democratic Party right now has lawyers working on trying to punch holes in the report. That would not be an inappropriate thing to do, but uh, I've, you know, their, their job right now is probably to confuse the American people. And I have no doubt, just based on the president's commencement address at, Har- at uh, Howard University, that they will play the race card, they'll play the gender card, they'll play the uh, whatever other card is available to them, and uh, that this was not written by you know, our kind of people, uh, and it is designed to deceive the American people. Look, you can say anything you want. It's a free country, and uh, we, we, we should... We should be determined to fight on this, to fight on, on right. every level. If the Republican Party cannot use this correctly, it has no business being in, in, in office. And this right. is really the test. Are they ready for a, for a major election? I, think, I have thing, no doubt. I have no yeah. doubt that that uh, that Trump will be out on it. I'd be very curious to see what DeSantis has to say because it exonerates Trump, and they right. are now essentially running against each other. No, but I think DeSantis, uh, he may not come out as strong as as Trump, but he almost has to because, I mean, if he's yes. going to displace Trump, he's not really going to displace him on issues. And, and I think DeSantis has been very critical uh, of, of the, you know, the, these kinds of things. And I'm sure that Nikki Haley will say the same thing. And I'm sure that Mike Pence, uh, former Pre- Vice President Pence, will – come down hard and i'm sure this gentleman vivak whose name i can never pronounce uh yes. is uh is who's a very smart guy by the way i like him a lot very, very smart. yes I, I i like him too yeah very like smart and and i'm sure he'll come out with a lot of things to say because he's been talking about these things in the campaign the role of uh, of the fbi I'm, I'm anxious to see what jake tapper is going to say i'm anxious but i never i never watch his show but i'm anxious to hear what he has to say bill well, yes. Uh, well, you know, here again, an opportunity for CNN to cleanse itself. Uh, but they, they may not. You know, it, it is amazing how decency and competence can be buried quickly by a determined opposition. So, yes. once again, we'll we, once, once again, it's, it's a we'll-see situation. Right. And we'll probably know a lot more about the details and about the reaction the next time we get together bill i'm sure we'll have a lot more yeah. to digest my my sense and just a prediction that i think durham will end up going in front of the house that prediction i will make that he he will go in front of the house and uh, i think a lot of these issues will be aired out and i have a feeling that if this is also an opportunity for jim jordan who's a no-nonsense uh, kind of guy so we'll We'll wait, I guess, for further information, but the initial headline is not good for a lot of people and really good for, for Trump. I'll, I'll put it that way. Bill, uh, you mentioned the pre- – and I, w- I want to talk about President Biden at, uh, at the Howard University. Uh, I, I think that – you know, I didn't hear the whole speech. I just saw the part where he talked about white supremacy – but what a horrible thing for the president of the United States to say in front of, I'm assuming, mostly African-American students who've just had an opportunity to graduate from the university, who have all kinds of opportunities in this country. What a horrible thing for the president to bring up this white supremacy garbage instead of saying, look, guys, you know, the future is yours. Take advantage of it. You've got a college degree. Go out and make the best of it in this great country. No, he plays this card again, and it's <laughs> sickening, Bill. This is really sick. It is. I have to tell you, I was so disappointed with President Biden, and that's getting hard to do with President Biden being disappointed, Bill. Well, that's absolutely correct. I was sickened by it, too. Uh, and what also sickened me was the reaction of some of the students. They are so brainwashed in the black community to believe this woke stuff that you have no chance at ever being successful because of white supremacy. White supremacy was a term we used to apply to the Old South. That that was the idea of the Old South, which was white supremacy. Nobody denies that. To suggest that it is true in America today is a lie. 
Uh, minority groups have never had such opportunities. Why, all you have to do is look at television commercials filled with minorities. And, and for the president especially, for the leader of the nation to go on and, and instead of saying what you recommended, which would have been the correct thing, to give this real just racially charged speech about white supremacy. And it is not the greatest problem that we face in America today. The greatest problem we face in America today is the rise of China and the spread of nuclear weapons. Uh, the, the, those are game enders, not just game changers, but game enders. He didn't, I don't even think he mentioned them. Uh, this man is, is really stuck on his old rhetoric. He, this is not the first time he has done that. He used to run campaigns saying that if the Republicans won, uh, uh, blacks would be sent back to slavery. And, and he said it seriously. And this is simply an extension of that. Right. Very sad. Well, I thought it was interesting because just as I was getting ready to ask you this question about President Biden at Howard University, I, I saw this article by Juan Williams uh, on The Hill. The, I guess I think The Hill is a website. I don't think it's actually a magazine. But and, it, and the headline is, Before Taking on Trump, Biden Must Confront Skepticism Among Black Voters. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so I guess That's he's losing he black voters – but he's going to win him back by telling them how horrible the country has treated them, Bill? I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> well, you know, this is <clears> – <throat> excuse me for my cough. Uh, 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 this is the opportunity for the Republicans to take a page out of the Ronald Reagan playbook. And he asked the question, are you better off today than you were four years ago? And the Republicans should ask that specifically of African Americans because they're not better off. They're, they're actually worse off, and most minorities are worse off, and they're being laid off from their jobs. Right. And, you know, it, it is a Reagan-style campaign that would win the presidency next year. I, I hope the Republicans are up to it. I hope that they understand that their nominee must be electable, and I hope they understand that they have to take moments like this and use them uh, with great cannon fire. Uh, and let, let's hope they're out there. I, I, you know, we've never had quite a moment like this. We really no. haven't. Uh, the, the last time a major scandal broke on this level was the Watergate scandal, but the press hated the people in power. They, they couldn't stand Nixon, even though he had won the greatest landslide in American history because uh, they had no respect for, for the voters. Uh, and here we have a, a completely opposite situation where the press is on the side of the political powers that are being severely criticized. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. That's all we can do, uh, wait and see what happens. But um, I, I still think this uh, speech by, by the president was so unpresidential. This is not what a president yes. says to a bunch of college students. He doesn't say uh, something like that. Bill, let's take a little break, and we'll be back uh, in a few in a second with our friend Bill. Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of uh, Urgent uh, uh, Agenda. Bill, there was another president who went who who went on television this week too, and that was President Trump or former President Trump at CNN. I think that when you and I spoke last week, we mentioned that this was going to happen, but you know, I think both of us were maybe on a wait and see attitude uh, about this. Well, it did happen. It, it did happen. What, whatever day it was, it did happen. I was actually optimistic that, that it would be good for the country to have voters ask uh, the former president questions. But it just seems like it went wrong from the very beginning. Arguments about 2020 and this young, young woman 
who was asking the questions. I don't know if she knew what she was asking, if they were whispering in her ear. I mean, I don't know, but she didn't come across very well. And I thought President Trump won the whole thing. I I thought it was a a grand slam home run for President Trump, something I didn't expect, but that's what it turned into, Bill. It did. Uh, uh, He I'm not as enthusiastic uh, about Trump's performances. Uh, we, I might be because I think he still came off as a bully, which is, is something that is hurting him. He has got to he has got to present himself in a way that convinces people who voted against him last time to vote for him this time. And that's a big burden, but he's got to do it. I do think he won the night. I mean, because uh, CNN, first of all, is suspect in the first place. But the fact is that Caitlin Collins, who uh, was the questioner, used to work for the Daily Caller. Which was, uh, <laughs> you know, whose whose organization that is, uh, um, uh, and uh, I think many people think of her as somewhat moderate or even conservative. So it right. was a bit surprising to see her beaten up like that. Um, but the, the Tucker Carlson, of course, was the brains behind uh, Daily Caller. Um, I, I don't. I think she tried to be tough but fair, and Trump was all over her. He was he was all over her. Uh, whether he convinced anybody, I don't know. I think that the he has got to get past this 2020 election business because that's not what people want to hear. They want to hear about their future. They are concerned. Right. They're wor- they're worried. And he is a man who, ironically, has the ability to adopt policies that will actually help the country. I wish he'd start talking about them. Well, did you see, Bill, the interview that they had with some of the participants in the town hall meeting after CNN did one of these where they put people together, and I guess they were getting feedback of the of the of the of the of the, of the night, and the the reporter said that he's always talking about 2020, and one of the voters said, "Well, that's because the first question was about 2020," and I sort of got the impression from the questions they were asking that night that nobody really wants to talk about 2020. I mean, the lady who asked the question about the economy, that was a great question. Uh, there, yes. I think there was a couple of other foreign policy questions. I mean, I get the feeling from the voters I know and the people I know that nobody really wants to argue about 2020 anymore. They want to argue about 2023, Bill, because there's a lot of bad things happening. Open the window, yes. and you mentioned China. Oh. You know, you open the window and you see a bad economy, you see China, you see problems, and that's 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 what I'm hearing from people, Bill. Yes, absolutely. People people are frightened. They're frightened and and they will be more frightened after reading the Durham report because they feel that the institutions that they've come to depend on in their lifetime are failing. That the country in effect is failing. Because the major institutions are. They don't know if they can believe what they read in the newspaper. Uh, They have heard uh, that uh, the the Chinese are having us for lunch all over the world, which is absolutely true. They are concerned about uh, intercontinental missiles. And they're concerned, of course, uh, primarily about the economy. The economy is not working for them. Uh, The statistics that come out of Washington don't seem to be corroborated by uh, what people see in their own lives. And they are looking at an American president and I think wondering, in a country like this, of 330-some-odd people, can't we find a president who is not obviously impaired? I mean, is it necessary to have a man whose judgment you doubt? I mean, if he gets the call at 3 o'clock in the morning and gets up and doesn't know where he is, can he make sane judgments? Why are we even in that position? And I think while people may not articulate it that way, that's what they feel. Why are we in this position? Yeah. Well, I, I think we are to some extent, Bill, because of some of the things we talked about before. You know, the the letter that was published uh, weeks before the election day, the, the famous intelligence letter about this information, uh, the FBI and Twitter and all this stuff. I mean, a lot of that could have it could have been the result could have been different. If those things had happened differently, Bill. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, it is one of these situations where it's one thing after another. There never seems to be any good news. Uh, There seems to be only bad news and covered up news. 
I mean, and again, they, they look at the personalities who are leading the country. Uh, is there one person you've ever met who believes that Kamala Harris should be president, who, who, says, who, who is saying, I can't wait for her to take over to see what we shall do? I mean, I think the American people are more serious than politicians give them credit for, and they are certainly more serious than journalists give them credit for. Um, we used to have, when I was at the Graduate School of Journalism, which was a different school when I was there, uh, one of the professors used to say to journalists, never underestimate people's intelligence and never overestimate their knowledge, which is exactly what, the way the press should operate and become an information service for people who are intelligent but yet may lack the knowledge about events. And people pick up the, the, the papers and what do they read? <laughs> they read about uh, the, the world is going to come to an end, uh, says AOC, if we don't do something about global warming within 10 years. Uh, they read about uh, 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 the racism all over the United States. They, they read that there's no crime problem. It's all a, a figment of our imagination. Well, you know, you have a situation like that. You can understand why people were upset. Well, people are very upset, at least the ones I know, uh, yes. and they're not necessarily uh, people who like Trump. I'll put it that way. There's a lot of friends of mine, conservative friends of mine, who have concerns about Trump, as I do, that his personality may just be enough to get the Democrats to win. But then there's other people, too, who look at the world. I mean, I opened the window, and you mentioned uh, at Urgent Agenda, you're talking about China running all over. Uh, I mean, the situation between China and Brazil is absolutely stunning. Here you have well, of course, yes. two of the world's biggest economies, Bill, number two and number seven, I believe, in the world's economies, GDPs. And they're cutting a deal where they, they're no longer going to use the American dollar. And China is doing cutting deals and talking to all kinds of countries about you know, getting their mineral resources so they can have domination over the electric car. I mean, you would think if there was ever a time to promote American fossil fuels, it would be right now just to counter what the Chinese are doing, Bill. Well, absolutely, of course. And, and they won't do it because the country is controlled by the left wing. And the left wing is only about ideology. And the left wing doesn't care if America loses. And they may even be happy about it. It would be confirmation of what they've been saying that America is a failing nation and it needs a complete change of philosophy and the Constitution was written by dead white men. I mean, uh, they don't, they, we, we give them the list of the things that are happening to this country around the world and they either don't care or they cheer it. It is perfectly evident uh, from the recent deal that was made between Saudi Arabia and Iran that didn't yes. even have our involvement. Well, I don't even think we knew about it, that they don't care what America does anymore. They don't find us a reliable country. Uh, they they find us a country that is drifting, mm -hmm. led by incompetent people, and they know that they have nothing to fear from the United States. So they go ahead and do what they want to do. And right. uh, I, I think that that uh, this is going to continue. I think that if we go into an election season, we really, again, don't know. We don't really know if Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. Right. He may not live that long, or he may get mm -hmm. so bad in terms of his impairment that he has to be kind of pushed aside but if we continue on the course we're on now we have got to expect a lot of bad news well um i i i think i mentioned it before but i think if they had any confidence on the vice president that they would have already suggested to president biden that hey you know joe maybe you know, that uh, seashore in Delaware is so nice in the summer. It is, why don't yes. You, yeah, why don't you go over there and spend more time with, you know, your Corvette? Uh, I really believe, Joe, they would have, I mean, Bill, they would have already said that to Joe Biden if they trusted the VP, but they obviously don't trust the VP. A couple no. of stories I want to get to, Bill, before, uh, before we run out of time, and that is, uh, well, what can I say? Well, let, let me back. Let me just say something. I'm sorry. I wanted to finish this thought on Brazil and China. This is where I think the Trump impact was real. I believe that if the president of Brazil, Lula, that's his name. That's, he goes by that name. That's not his name, but that's what he goes by. Yeah. Uh, that I think that if Trump was in the White House, Lula would have thought twice about dumping the American dollar, because I have no doubt 
that he would have gotten the phone call from Trump saying, don't do it, don't do it, because there will be consequences. That's, I am 100% sure that that would have happened, Bill. Obviously, with Biden, it didn't happen. But that's another consequence of having Trump in the White House, or at least a strong leader. Well, let me let me go to New York uh, City, Bill. Uh, you know a lot about that city. And a couple of big stories that are, uh, are just uh, coming out of New York. The first one is this, this headline, and I don't know how true it is, but the headline is awful, that they're emptying veterans out of a hotel and putting in migrants. That's the headline. Is that actually true, Bill? I don't know if it's true. It is being reported, especially by Fox, that that is true and that they are getting individual reports from veterans who are, have been given housing uh, because of, uh, they are homeless or have serious uh, mental issues and that they were given one day's notice to get out of the hotel without anywhere else to go so that migrants could take their place. Now, the story has to be nailed down. Um, it, it has the ring of truth about it because it's just the kind of thing that uh, the, the Democrats would do. They don't care about veterans. Uh, they care much more about the, migra- the illegal migrants. Uh, but the, it, we'll see in the next day, I'd say give it 24 to 48 hours, to see if the story gels into something as big as it appears to be. Right now it is only Fox that is emphasizing it. Uh, I think that I'm sure that the reporters, especially for uh, organizations like the New York Post, are probably out on the story right now. Uh, in, fact, in fact, I'm going to go to the New York Post website to see if they are emphasizing it. And um, uh, I don't. Uh, the, I see the Durham thing up up high. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, I don't see much about this. I, I, right. In fact, I don't see anything about it. So let's 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 just put that aside for a moment. But I mean, it is uh, to, to say the least. I mean, there has been a lot of of anger in in uh, in cities like New York and Chicago about this. Oh yes. a lot of people feel oh, like you know, hey, you're bringing in people from the outside, and you know, what's the big deal here? So I mean, I understand that local people saying, hey, you know, we pay taxes for this, and now you're bringing other people from the outside. I mean. If nothing else, Bill, the headline, if you're a smart Democrat, you would be out there killing this headline as soon as possible, Bill. Well, yes, well, absolutely. Well, And it's also interesting that in Chicago, the new mayor who is inaugurated today uh, has responded to the uproar about uh, illegal immigrants being pushed into communities, which already have a lot of problems. And he basically shrugged at it, and he said, "Well, we're a big city, and we we we, we can we, we we can absorb them too." I mean, it, basically a slap in the face at his own voters. And I mean, he's a real party liner; he really is. And I think the people of Chicago are going to deeply regret electing him. But yes. uh, I, I think that the, this whole idea, you know, it sometimes it takes time in a democracy for an issue to percolate to the top. Uh, but when it gets there, it tends to stay there. I've always said uh, democracies move slowly, but when they move, they move decisively. And I think mm-hmm. we're at that point where some of these issues are starting to percolate to the top, where people are getting emotional about mm-hmm. them and, and furious about them, and it, that will not go away. But it has to reach that point, and it is up to the Republican Party to get it to reach that point. Right. That's right. No, I think you're right about that. Now, the other big story, Bill, this <laughs> this one is one that most of us, at least I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I know what happened, but I don't understand how this young man is being found guilty of, of I guess, manslaughter. And yes. I don't understand. You know what? So what, what was your reaction to the story? I guess this happened in the middle of the week. Uh, there was a man who got into the subway, and I guess he was insulting people. So this Marine uh, was trying to restrain the man, and uh, and and I guess he ended up killing him, which was not his intention, I'm sure. So what what are people saying in New York? Because the rest of the country is apparently sending money to his legal fund bill. Yes, well, the, the, the story was that the individual... Uh, who wound up deceased, boarded a, a subway train, 
and started going around and threatening people uh, very loudly and, and, and in a very intimidating way. The gentleman uh, you're referring to, the, it was an ex-Marine, got up and got into this guy's face, tell, told him to stop it. They had a confrontation. The ex-Marine grabbed the guy, threw him to the floor of the car, apparently fearing that he was going to do real bodily harm to some of the passengers, and got him in a chokehold. Now, the, 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 the ex-Marine was then helped by other people who helped keep him keep the guy down. Uh, it was unfortunate that the train was between stations. Had it been at a station, they could have immediately gotten the guy off the train, but it wasn't. And the chokehold eventually killed the individual who had been uh, committing the, uh, the threats. And immediately, the one who went into action, the district attorney, was the same district attorney who uh, uh, indicted Donald Trump a couple of weeks ago. He's a real Soros-sponsored left-winger who said this man must be punished. Not the man who was on the floor, but the ex-Marine who tried to protect the passengers. It turned out that the guy who wound up dead had 42 arrests. 42. He had been arrested for violent acts, was still out on the street, still out menacing people, uh, but the district attorney said the person who killed him uh, must be punished for this. And he is, uh, I, I, I don't know at what stage the case is today, but he is being charged with uh, manslaughter. That does not mean he will be convicted. He hasn't gone before a jury yet, but he's being charged with it. This created a really an uproar that went way beyond New York. People were saying this ex-Marine was a hero. He was trying to protect people. Uh, and the argument comes back, well, this guy never actually hit anybody. But the ex-Marine obviously felt, and apparently given this man's history, with good, record, with good reason, that he was about to strike or assault people, and he got him to the floor. The ex-Marine is not a, a trained police officer, but he tried to intervene to, to uh, assist people and to protect them. And there is this tremendous uproar that this man should not be charged with anything. That he should, be, that he's a hero, that he is the kind of public-spirited citizen we need. The fact that the individual died as a result of uh, the ex-marine's chokehold is unfortunate, but that's all that it is. He is the one who took the risk by intimidating passengers, and uh, he paid for it with his life. Uh, unfortunate, sad, but you don't then go out and try to put the hero of the day in prison for the rest of his life for right. protecting the passengers. And he has now raised uh, the, this uh, ex-Marine uh, almost $2 million in contributions for his defense, uh, which means he will be very well defended. Uh, I don't even know if it will go to trial. Uh, it is an outrage what this district attorney did. This is a district attorney who was a real softy on crime. Uh, he uh, has put a lot of questionable people back on the street. And now, uh, when one of these uh, individuals, who has been arrested 42 times, winds up dead, he wants to uh, send to prison the person who, who protected the public. And you can ask the question, and it will probably be asked in any, in any case against this ex-Marine, it will probably be asked by his defense, if you find this man guilty, what does that say to others who see evil being done who see violence being done, who see fear and refuse to intervene because of, of what, what you've done to this ex-Marine. It's a very important question. You know, if, if he is found guilty in a situation like this, would you intervene in a, right. case, in a similar case to protect the public? You'd walk in the other direction. That's right. And, and I, I, I would think, Bill, when they're putting together the jury, that uh, – the lawyers for the the man who is dead are going to make every effort to keep anybody who uses the subway from being in the jury. Because, oh, absolutely. Oh, look. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, because anybody, I mean, what I hear about the subways in New York, and it's sad. It doesn't give me any pleasure to say this, but what I hear from the the people up there uh, is that, my goodness, the uh, you know the this the situation in the subways is just. It's just absolutely horrible, Bill. I mean, the, the, the threats and the people feel, feel very unsafe. So I would have to think that the average New Yorker 
looks at this and says, hey, thank you for a man like that who was willing to protect my daughter or my wife or my sister or whatever in the train bill. I fully agree with you, and that's the way most people feel, I think. There may be a hardcore of left-wingers in New York who feel that, well, he, he might have intervened by talking to the individual or calling the police. I always love that one. Yes. Uh, it would t- take 15 minutes for the police to get there, uh, uh, but he should not have done this. And, in fact, the lawyer for the deceased, who is a, a real publicity seeker uh, yes. and, a real, and a real racial rabble-rouser, says this, this, it, it, this charge didn't go far enough. It should have been a murder charge. So they're now complaining that they're not getting enough out of it. Uh, so you, it, this is a fairly typical racially charged case, and we've had them in New York before. Unfortunately, they have often wound up uh, doing a great deal of damage where obviously guilty people have been set free or innocent people have gone to prison. Uh, it's New York. It has the, it has an ideology. So we'll we'll again have to see what happens. I I I hope that the case never reaches court. I think it will divide the city terribly, uh, and that nobody will ha- be completely happy with the outcome. Well, the mayor has got to be in a terrible situation uh, yes. because I mean the the I, I cannot believe the mayor uh, can can you know, can can criticize the young man or the Marine or whatever, ex-Marine. Uh, I mean, the mayor is responsible for the the security of the city, and uh, so you would think the mayor is in a tough situation. Well, Bill, I guess we're going to have uh, a few more days to digest the, the Durham report. Hopefully by the next time we chat, we'll have more information and, and feedback. So over the next couple of days, I think we'll have a lot to digest. But it's a big story no matter how it goes, it's it's a huge story, and I know we'll we'll get a lot of your coverage uh, at Urgent Agenda as we always do. So thank you so much for joining me today, and have a wonderful week, Bill. Uh, you have a wonderful week, Silvio, and I look forward to next time. Yes, you can spend the rest of the week reading all 300 pages of the report. I, mean, I probably will wind up doing so. It might be and the then best. tell me about it. Might it, be it the, you've read it, it all. It might be the best book in town. It probably will be. You know, that might happen. It might come out as a book. Uh, yes. uh, didn't the Watergate tapes come out as a book? I remember uh, uh, that, that it came out as a little paperback. I remember that. Bill, thank you so much, and have a wonderful day, and thank you, as always, for the information and the great work that you do at Urgent Agenda. Thank you, Sylvia. All right. Our good friend, uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Yeah, keep an eye on what Bill is writing about uh, this report. I'm sure he'll have a lot of good things to say about it. Get some good, wise uh, comments about what's in that report. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.